You're listening to Secondhand Movies, a podcast where one of us has seen a movie and recommends it to the other who hasn't seen it, and then we talk about it. I'm one of your hosts, Morgan, my other host, Joel, and we're excited you're here. Today's episode, it's part two, we are talking about a few good men. Woot. 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 Man. I, I have, I, I'm actually really excited about this movie. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, but you gave it a woot. A woot. <laughs> I can't spoil too much, okay? That's true. <laughs> you can't spoil this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you haven't seen it, we do recommend you go watch it uh, with a little bit of a caveat that uh, this is, I actually think it's R rated for language. It's just. It's mostly for language and adult themes um, because this is a legal proceeding. There is a scene of violence in the beginning. I would say it's more PG-13 territory, but just be aware of that. The rest of the movie uh, is R for language, I would say. Um, That is the primary reason to have any. But uh, other than that, we really do think it's it's an entertaining film, great performances overall. And uh, that's that's honestly that's why I recommended it. Joel and I have talked on many occasions about a few, not a few good men, a twelve angry men, yeah. and that we both watched that a few times, I think. And it just I don't know, it kind of came up for us when we were younger. And I've gone back and rewatched a couple times, and we both enjoyed that. And I said, well, if you like that, I think probably the closest to sort of being an exciting legal drama that's just about the conversation was a few good men like it's it's a little bit of investigative but it's really about the legal proceedings and the courtroom and so that's why we selected this so um with kind of that out of the way joel you have now seen it share some thoughts oh i like phenomenal (laughs) honestly yeah i loved it through and through it was riveting. That first scene, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, all right, so this is what happened, and you just kind of get introduced to everybody, you know. It, mm-hmm. It's it, it get it's a little little build up at first, you know. You, sure. It introduces you to all these different characters. I I love the intro for Tom Cruise's character. Oh yes. His first scene is just encapsulates his character so so well. Oh, I know. It's. <laughs> You know, just this young lawyer, super cocky. Super. And and also not super interested. Like, he can't be bothered. Right. Like, he's barely a lawyer in the sense that he cares. He wants to play baseball. Yeah, yeah. He's like, is, is it softball? softball? Yeah, he's yeah. out there hitting balls, and they're like, you really need the practice. <laughs> yeah. Come on, that was funny. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a little funny. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that first one, he's like, you're supposed to be meeting with me about your client 20 minutes ago. He's like, oh, yeah, I had, had that. Sorry. He's like, he's always, you always get the feeling. He's like, oh, yeah, I had something on the calendar today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was, but thanks for reminding me. I should probably get to that. The meeting's with me, you idiot. <laughs> oh, well, since you're here. Yeah, and then he just starts going into it. I, I love what he says. Your, your client intended to smoke marijuana. He says... It was an ounce of oregano. He says, I've got to put him in the brig. For what? Smoking a condiment? <laughs> and Oh, that's what he says. He says, he thought it was marijuana. He says, 
by Clyde's an idiot. That's not a crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole. Oh, even the whenever they introduce uh, the, I forget her name. Uh, lieutenant commander. Yes. Yeah, the lieutenant commander. Uh, Demi Moore. Yes. I was like, going to call her Lieutenant Commander Demi Moore. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll run with that the whole rest of the episode. <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Demi Moore. Uh, Joanne. 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 How, how could I forget Joanne? Uh, like, even whenever they introduced her character, yeah, like, it was a, yeah. you know, it was humorous. Like Again, oh, encapsulates her entire, entire yeah. persona. I'm... I'm going to need you to leave. Why, sir? So we can talk bad about you behind your back. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were meaning her walk up to that, where she's like, I think I should be the one who oh. is. I and mean, she's like, she's like trying to grammatically string together the sentence to basically say, can I please be assigned to the case? <laughs> and she's so self-conscious. She's like, I think it should, it is me who should be assigned. I request, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, that's all humorous too. You know, it's it, it is it's like it starts off and and it's it is it's pretty easy going, mm-hmm. and you know you almost think like nobody's gonna take this seriously, mm. and so I love that little. It, it's almost like a gotcha moment where it's like, oh no, this is serious, mm. and so it like just slowly builds up to like, no, this is more serious. No, this is more serious. No, this yeah. is more serious. And and I love that about it. Okay. No, that's a great observation. Where did it really, where did you feel like the screw turned for you? I mean, I know there's a couple, but, or let me rephrase it. When was the first place that you felt the screws turned towards, oh, no, this is serious. This isn't just all lighthearted. I was trying, I, I apologize. I was trying to remember the scene because uh, it's whenever Joanne actually becomes, um, is it Dawson? No, Dawson's the the more advanced. The more advanced, not the private. Yeah, yeah. She becomes the private's uh, lawyer. Lawyer, attorney. Yeah, yeah. Attorney. Yeah. Yeah, because of Anna. And so she goes and visits uh, Tom Cruise's character, and she, you know, explains to him basically like, "Hey, I'm on this case now too." Yeah. And he tells her, or she tells him, like, "Hey, did you know about this? And did you know about that?" And he's just like, Ugh, come on. Yeah. And they go to the, go see their clients. Right. See and again. then there's that scene and they're, they're exchanging and, you know, he's basically berating, not necessarily berating, but he's definitely talking down to Dawson. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, why did you not tell me about this? And... You're just, it's like, oh, no, like, he he's trying to help. Yeah. And it is important. And it's like, oh, like, hey, this, this is super serious. Like, he's trying. He is actually trying. This is serious. He is taking this somewhat serious. Well, he knows the charges are serious. Yeah, so Downey is the private, and then <clears throat> it's, it's Lance Corporal Dawson. That's it. It's okay. It took me a second to, to remember out of Dawson and Downey. It's like why they had to both be a D name. D and D. Yeah, when she mentions the code red, like to Tom Cruise's character, and she goes D 
do you know what a code red is? To me, that's really the first thing that sticks out to my brain is we're going to have to take this more seriously uh, as the lawyer because it's the first hint that he gets something that he doesn't understand. Like when they talk about it generally, I th- his response is, oh, I know all this. I know the law. I know how to plea this out. You know, you're not, it's not going to be nearly as bad as you think. Because in his brain... I'll get them 12 years. Right. In his brain, he's he's assuming they did something that deserved this. They probably killed this guy. But he knows the system. So he can basically, by just a few levers, get it down to the bare minimum for the crime they really probably did in his brain. And he just doesn't really care beyond that. And that's the first time where he's you see in his expression, he's questioning, maybe I don't understand what's really going on here. Maybe they, my clients are innocent of something, or there's there's more complexity to this. And my normal just jumping in there to find the bare minimum that I can get them charged with for what they actually did is not the correct approach. Right. He he also has several red flags that keep popping up. And by that time, by the time that code red comes up, he's already had two or three red flags. Yeah. And so it's just like, I think you are right. I think that's a great uh, spot that... It's just like, yeah, like he's he has to take this seriously at this point. Yeah. I mean, obviously the ending is, what's the right word for that? It's this giant buildup to a, a moment. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of movies that build up to a moment where, one, the entire movie's interesting, and two, the moment pays off. And I feel like this is one of those films that it does both. Like the entire movie, you could take out an aspect of the climax and sort of have the same result and it'd still be a really good movie. But oh this is definitely not that movie. I I, I don't feel like it is. Well, I don't I don't mean that you could take it out. I don't mean to say that it stands without the moment. I'm just saying like if all I showed you was the rest of the movie, the movie kind of even though it's building to something, it never lags or lulls because you're just waiting around. Like I've seen some movies where the climax is really good. But I felt like the whole movie's waiting for the climax in a bad way. So I watched the whole movie. And I'm like, kind of boring. Oh, the end's good. I didn't feel like that with this. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Like the whole movie is interesting. The whole movie is good, but it's also building to a really incredible climax. So I enjoy watching the whole film. And then that ice, the icing on the cake is that the climax pays off so well. It's it's so appropriate for the characters. And it completes every arc in a natural way. And so the payoff is really, really good. And so it's just, that's part of the reason why I think this film has stood the test of time is because the the story and the writing give you lots of stuff along the way. And it's constantly turning the screws, raising the stakes, moving the characters forward. And then the end it pays it all off without using anything artificial or, you know, it's not using any tricks. It's just doing the work of actually working through its own problems and solving them and letting the characters do it in a way that makes sense for those characters. And that's why you feel all this catharsis at the end of the movie. 
it's it's earned. It's not cheesy. It's earned. Definitely is earned. Be a beautiful build up. That's that's definitely the right word. There's just so much that happened. Like I don't want to spoil it for our listeners. Yeah, spoil it. But <laughs> God, it's just you actually in in the first part you actually said it beautifully because you know they start off just like there's no we're gonna get creamed. <laughs> And, you know, they had no hope, but, you know, they they were just kind of like whatever, you know, almost like even though it looks like we're going to lose, like something just doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, we've had these red flags. Let's. Yeah, let's let, let's well, pursue the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and actually, that's 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 what's said at the end. He says, I want the truth. And I. I think if you backtrack it, that's actually the thing that is really the inciting incident for Cathy, the Tom Cruise character, is he decides he wants the truth because when he accepts to actually become their trial lawyer and not plea bargain out, or, well, in his case, he was just going to get them another lawyer because they didn't want to plea bargain. He really sits there and you can see as he says it why he why he decided to actually follow this thing through as he says why would somebody like me who's known for making plea bargains that's all I do I've never actually been through a trial why would they give me a murder case it doesn't make sense like even if you think I'm a really good lawyer I've just I've never done anything like this and it seems like they wanted this taken care of quickly swept under the rug and I was the perfect candidate to do that. Yeah, he even states like how many cases he's plea bargained. He's yeah, only like, been in the jag for like what, 2 years or something no, no, like it was that. No, less than that. He said 9 months in jag, a year lawyer. Oh yeah, you're right. And he's had like 48 cases. Yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, 44, like, 48. Like, just an insane amount. Just plea bargained out. Yeah. He's, he's you know, they make fun of him because he ha- has no idea about um, different Navy or military lingo, really. Right. You know, he... <laughs> your flight leaves at 0600. That's... Oh, 0600 in the morning, right? <laughs> <laughs> what other kind of a yeah. uh, 600 is there? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you know, and all throughout the movie, like, is it, it's Sam, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's S- the, the other lawyer. S- yeah, Sam's the other, his lawyer friend. Like, Sam just makes fun of him, just digs at him all throughout the movie, and it's I, great. I knew that one. I knew that one. <laughs> sure you did, Kate. Sure you did. <laughs> it's great. But, it, you know, I, that's another great part of this movie is it It has appropriate humor as well. Like, oh, yeah. it's not just, like, silly humor. Like, no. there, there probably is some silly humor in there, but, you know, they don't go over the top with it. No. And it's funny how people are funny, I would say. Yeah. Like, when you have people who are coworkers you know, busting each other a little bit or friends chit-chatting. I mean, yeah. you say stuff and you're poking at each other and you say humorous things and you have little one-liners. You'll talk about somebody else. You'll say something funny. And, you know, he does an impression at one point of uh, Jack Nicholson's character. 
oh, at yeah. the table. Yeah. I eat breakfast 300 yards from Cubans. You know, <laughs> and like I have a terrible Jack Nicholson impression. It's okay. Uh, but it, it was that Jack Nicholson impression or was that a Tom Cruise impersonating Jack Nicholson <laughs> impression? <laughs> if it was the latter, then it was spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That one I could do. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I could be anyone if it's somebody else impersonating them. But, you know, there is definitely, there's a lot of good humor in there, and it's tasteful humor. It's not over-the-top, zany. No, no, it's definitely not definitely not zany or, you know, goofy, off-the-wall, off non-sequiturs. It's, it's just natural interactions. It, I mean, like a simple thing when uh, they go out to eat, when it's just uh, Cafe and um, Lieutenant Commander... Joanne. Joanne. Galloway. Ga- Galloway? Galloway. Sounds right. Sounds right. And she says something about how, like, she's only had three court uh, cases that she litigated, and they went on for, like, two years. And he says, why are you always giving me a resume? That's a, that's a almost humor. I mean, it's it's not laugh out funny, laugh out loud funny, but it is, it is something that makes you smile, you know, because he could have yeah. just been like, oh, that's interesting, that's nice, you know. He says, why are you always giving me a resume? And it's a good, it's funny, it's disarming, and it's a good character moment, right? That she she stops and goes, oh yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, I can be and, I can be a pure person. I can be human. <laughs> yeah, it, I actually like that scene because of like. It kind of lets her know, like, I don't care. Right. Like, I think, like, and he even says it, like, I think you're a good lawyer. Like, yeah. Like, you are. Yeah. She wants to be a good lawyer, and he says, you are a good lawyer. So now, can we, yeah. Know, the unspoken is, so can we move on? Right. Can we talk about other stuff? Right. And, I mean. You don't have to impress me. You know, this was made back in the 80s, and, you know, I mean. I don't want to get all political, so we can cut this out if we need to, but... We probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we kidding? Right? Uh, But, you know, women lawyers back then were, you know, a dime a dozen. And, you know, they they weren't around. Well, then that's the opposite of what you just said. You know what I mean. (laughs) No, I don't, because a dime a dozen means there's a lot of them. Oh uh, no! You're right. You're right. You're right. So that's why I'm confused. They they there weren't a lot around. I would assume that there was less female lawyers. Yes. You know, forty years ago. Yes. They were hard to come by, and then ever so often, you know, the ones that were there had to work extra hard. Yeah. And I think even in that scene, she talks about how. Um. The person that she was defending, like she gathered up forty people in the bar that night, mm-hmm. just so that way then the guy could go off scot free, whereas the person was bargaining for like twelve days in jail or something like that. Yeah. Well, and that was kind of an example of how she's really good as an investigator, but she's not very pragmatic about being a lawyer. That sometimes the the cost-benefit ratio is a little screwed up with her. Yeah. So some of the other lawyers are like, just, you know, it's okay to do the semi-normal thing. It's okay. To, essentially, 
it's okay for you to plea bargain sometimes. You don't have to be absolutely right 100% of the time about every little thing because, you know, at the end of the day, the guys, so the guy spends like a week in jail. That's probably about the same difference as going through months of trial that she <laughs> probably did because she was going through so much material. And it's like, if you just let the guy sit in jail for five days, we'd all be done. He'd be done. We could move on with our lives. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a bit of balance, but I agree with you that there's so obviously in the first scene and in a few other places, there is misogyny. And it's it's subtly overt, if that's a thing. It's not, they're not ever really saying the quiet part out loud. They're, you you know exactly why they're kind of treating her weird is because she's a, a woman. Oh, yeah. But they never just flat out go, you're a woman, we don't like it, right? It, it's it's the very classic kind of passive-aggressive thing when you don't like somebody just based off of something they can't change, right? Yeah. You know, it's built into them. She's a woman. You can't change that. That's that's an interesting thread that's there throughout the whole time. And what you see is with the, you know, the good guys, essentially, is they just accept her as what she is, a lawyer. A good one. They don't they don't really judge it as a good or a bad thing that she's a woman. They just say, Oh, you're a lawyer on the case, you obviously know what you're doing. And they really only call her on stuff when she's wrong. And they don't they don't say it's because she's a woman. They'll just right. say things like, You weren't a good enough trial lawyer. You weren't you know, why did you do that? You know. I strenuous object. Oh, you strenuously object. <laughs> strenuously object, Tom. That's well, what I was I'll, I'll just... now have to reconsider my whole position. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. Like that was like that was probably the biggest part of it was just like, yeah, her like really? Like you screwed up royally right there. Yeah. We can all tell how awkward that was, and we're not even lawyers. Yeah. I, I can only imagine for people who are lawyers how awkward it would be to hear your co-defender like stand up and start saying all this and you're just like sit down sit down shut her up she's like just just stop talking just just stop so i did i did watch this i watched this one and a half times <laughs> i didn't i didn't <laughs> yeah i, I didn't like i didn't finish it the second time but yeah, it's okay i got to right around that part actually and it was interesting to watch them, their reaction, because they had this plan of, you know, mm. they want anytime you do anything in the courtroom, it has to be confidently. Mm -hmm. And so I actually was watching Sam and McAfee and just cafe, cafe. Sorry. So I was watching them like during that and they just kind of like sat there and they were just like they looked annoyed but they just sat there mm -hmm. and they were like all right this is this is part of the plan this is part of the plan yeah. this is part of the plan <laughs> yeah. well in the classic thing especially with trials is you never ask a question you don't already know the answer to that's what you see them doing with the doctor's testimony just prior to this They've only asked questions or objected to things that they know they can back up or they know what is going to be said. And so when he stops examining him, 
he has made a point in their favor. He's called into doubt that, oh yeah, this doctor might have messed up. He might have missed this guy's heart condition. That's all he's done in the jury. That's all he needed to do because he's not going to fully discredit him as an expert witness. He's just going to discredit that he could have, that he was perfect. That's all he's doing. He's just sowing doubt that this guy might have missed something. Yeah. And then, of course, the Kevin Bacon character is going to rebut and reestablish their point. No big deal, right? But she she wigs out about it. And and for for the other guys on the team, they're just going, we, we knew that was going to happen. We've already established we can't throw him out as an expert witness. There's no reason to do this. Yeah. And so then she's... You know, and they talk about it. They said you basically destroyed destroyed our own point, and but that's also where you see some leadership out of Caffey because he just says, "Look, it was a mistake. We lost a point. We move on. There's no there's no use or benefit to berating her or infighting or whatever. It's just let's all take a breath, step back." Come at it fresh in the morning. Yeah, and then he 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 retracts that and says like, "Hey, take the night off." Yeah, you know, yeah. like, "Hey, we've been going at this for twenty hours a day, or not twenty hours a day, but yeah, no." I mean, he says something along those lines. He might have said twenty hours. It, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. They were working on this hard, and like it's depicted very clearly in the movie that mm-hmm. they were working hard on this. You know, Sam walks past her and is just like, fine, whatever type thing. And he's just like, it's okay. The real trial starts tomorrow. Yeah. Or, or next week, whenever the recess was ended. Yeah. But, you know, that's, you know, he, he basically conceded and said, uh, you messed up. You accepted it. It's okay. The real trial starts next like hey like just make sure basically how i took it is he's making sure like hey don't do this again right yeah like we can only afford so many mistakes yeah this is our this is our mulligan right here (laughs) this is our one and only chance so don't do it again don't do it again that's true you know like that's how i took it so while we're on the topic of the woman so as somebody who had never seen the movie what was like your over under on the odds that it being Demi Moore and being Tom Cruise? Like, what were the odds? Did you watch the whole movie thinking, what are the odds that they're going to sleep together? I'm just asking. Cause I've heard that from a few people like that saw it. Like, I remember adults when I, yeah. I mean, that they were, they were surprised and went, man, like, there's not just like this fling that happens. Like, they just, like they kind of go on one date and that's about it. But even the dates, it's it is kind of a, it's a date, but it's not very romantic necessarily. Yeah. It's more well, Ka- lonely. Kathy's character kind of takes it more as like a coworker type of date. Like right. Well, she doesn't. He realizes she doesn't have any friends. Yeah. And so it is kind of this. Like I said, it's more out of this loneliness aspect. Yeah. Oh, you don't have any friends. I don't have any friends either. Sure, let's go out. Yeah, it's like, I'm just going to sit here and stare at the board and hold my baseball bat, so yeah, sure, I, I can go eat. Yeah, and, and like there's even one scene where he goes uh, b- before the trial starts and, you know, before they decide that they're going to take the case and he goes to a, a a bar and it's a lawyer bar. Oh, yeah. And everybody ignores him. Yeah. 
you know? So it's like, yeah, he doesn't really have any friends well, either. So th- just a random tidbit. I'm, I'm sure some people will know this, but the lawyer who's talking at that bar that says the whole spiel that's basically what Kathy used. I did recognize him. That's Aaron Sorkin. He wrote it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and and so I didn't... I, I watched a couple interviews with Aaron Sorkin about A Few Good Men, and I didn't realize he actually went to college as, to be trained as an actor. So he was going to do theater acting, and he had never thought about really writing. And this weekend happens where his buddy had left an old manual typewriter. And he just said, I ended up a Friday night with nothing to do, essentially. Nobody to hang out with, nothing to do. And so I just, I wrote a scene and discovered I liked it. And so he just started writing. Well, he eventually writes the play, A Few Good Men. And it gets produced and is a big, big hit. It runs for over 400 shows, maybe almost 500, which for a play is a that's a that's a long run. And so the the movie rights get bought up and it it bounces around a little bit. And so he he and Rob Reiner end up working together pretty extensively to rewrite the script. And actually, some of the changes that were made in the movie were so successful in Sorkin's mind that he actually went back and tweaked his own play to reflect some of the changes because they tweaked the ending the like the having the two airmen there and the flight log stuff. They changed some of that stuff to be how it is in the movie. So he, he incorporated some of that back into the play and a few other things that they did just tweaks and essentially just made it a little tighter, a little stronger. And he said, you know, some of that's a reflection of, it was my first production, you know, I'd really written. So there were a few things that I, I went back and went, okay, I'm a better writer now. Like, and we've solved some things that, that weren't as strong. So I always thought that was interesting. But yeah, that's the spiel about making the whole plea deal. You know, I said, I'm going to bury him in paperwork, essentially, which is the same spiel Cafe gave another lawyer. Parallels very much. Yeah. And you can tell he's recognizing that as well. And he's seeing, oh, I could just be that kind of a lawyer. And I don't, I don't want, I want to be better than that. Right. And see that drive. As I say, that's where he also realizes, like, oh, hey, like, why did they yeah. assign me? Essentially you know? the JAG equivalent of an ambulance chaser. Why are they assigning me capital crimes, murders, like, very serious stuff? Yeah. yeah. No, it's a... Uh, I don't deal in serious. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good scene. And I think that's, I mean... One of the things that makes the movie work so well is because it is structured on a very successful story and that it works as a play. So if you know if it works as a play, you know there's something there that can work on screen, in my opinion. But there's still a lot of translation that has to happen. And there's some things that, again, they tweaked because Rob is an experienced director, knew we're going to have to get we're going to have to go about some of this a little better for film. We're going to have to show some of the stuff. We're going to have to deal with some things that are just different challenges than, than you would on stage. Right. Um, so I, I thought that they did a really, without having seen the play, I, I think they did a good job of adapting it. Um, I think the most successful stuff 
is when they're just characters to play off. Um, I mean, you have really, really strong character actors. Um, and you have actors who are really strong actors. I mean, Kevin Bacon and Kiefer Sutherland have been everything. I mean, leads, character actors, supporting actors, the whole the whole shebang. And apparently Kevin Bacon, he said he was originally drawn to darker characters. So he, he wasn't for sure, but he assumes it was probably the Kiefer character that he wanted to be originally. And his wife, who's also an actress, um, but anyways, he said his wife convinced him that the role he plays would be better. And he's like, I'm so glad I chose that role because it just, I think it was a good fit. It, he plays it so well because he's really the most objective person in right. this whole thing. He, he, I, Him and the judge, basically. <laughs> yeah, and he actually does a good job of it, too. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to defend right. the United States government, but... Without passion or prejudice. Right. And and he sticks to it. Yeah. Yeah. He goes for all the kills. He goes for all the good lawyer moments. I mean, he's not letting anything slip by, but he's not doing it because he thinks the clients are 100% guilty and, and, you know, he's on some moral crusade to crucify them and blah, blah, blah. But neither is he, like, hypocritical and, oh, I think these guys are 100% innocent. I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing here, you know. Um, there, there is a, there actually is a lawyer f- film I'm thinking of that I just remember the lawyer saying like, I hate my job. Yeah. Like, there's this, there's this strategy they're using and, and she just goes, I hate my job. Like she doesn't want to do it. She just knows it's the best lawyer. You never get the feeling that he's doing something that to him is gross or immoral. He's just, he's just doing his job very much. And, and I love, I love his interactions with Kathy as well, you know? Because in this hallway, Kathy's got me, but he knows in the court he's got nothing. Yeah. Like it's it, such such well, a good little line. Like you were talking earlier, that, that co-worker kind of playful. Yeah. Like, like that, that's how I saw that. Yeah, that the back little, room, the little back room wheeling and dealing. They they know how the yeah. game's played, and he's fine with it. He's like, look, if you want to wheel and deal in here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the 12 years. I'll come down. Yeah. Because I, I know what's going on. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. Even Even goes down even further. Six months? Yeah, yeah, it was six months. That's right. Yeah. It was like it was two two, two years, years, six months uh, on good behavior. Whatever yeah, he's like they're is. home in six months. Yeah, it's like two years. Yeah, like jail time, but he's like they're home in six months, basically. Yeah, because yeah. I mean that includes time served already. Yeah, time served and good behavior and blah blah. blah. Yeah, so he's yeah. like you know odds are they're home in six months kind of deal. Which considering somebody died, that's insane. Oh yeah. Like, that's that's an crazy insane game. play deal. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what Kathy, you know, he goes out just glance like, Wow, Kathy, you're the most amazing best lawyer in the universe. <laughs> like six months. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, that that whole arc of, you know, his client going from absolutely hating him, complete disrespect to a salute and a yep. respect at the end. Yep. Um, it's very good. It's those little, it's those extra arcs that are nice, you know, because you care about them winning the case or losing the case. But then on top of that, they come to realize why they're in this situation. You know, it goes deeper than just, yeah, 
an accident or we obeyed an order or we disobeyed this. You know, it goes deeper than that. They recognize even in the best way to to defend themselves, they're still in the wrong. They still learn. And then on top of that, there's still consequences. Yep. They're still dishonorably discharged, which is what they didn't want, which is why they didn't take the original deal. Right. But... But they got it anyway, unfortunately. But they still kind of got it. Avoided jail time. Yeah, they avoided jail time. And they also, I mean, they even though they're dishonorably discharged, they also did get, but it's like they're also validated, you know, that they, they really were being truthful. But this wasn't some agenda. They didn't have it out for the guy, you know. They just were trying to be good soldiers and and to follow the plans. Um the whole the whole movie as far as the cast is absolutely stacked. I mean, um the guy I said you would recognize as Sam Pollock, um Kevin Kevin Pollock. He 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 had a run there for a while and he was in lots of stuff. And so um and he's he's still working. You'll still see him and stuff, but he's he's really good as Sam. Obviously, we've talked about Demi Moore and Tom Cruise. I think this is one of Tom's best performances, honestly. I mean, definitely one of his best for his younger. I think, um, well, I, it's certainly one of his best where he's not being Tom Cruise. Right. No, <laughs> I mean, he, he is to an extent, but yeah, I was it's a say, different yeah, persona. In the first part, you did say that, like, where it's not, it's Tom Cruise not being Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I see that. I definitely see that. Like, he does. He comes across as super cocky at first, and then, like, throughout... Like, he's still got that sense of confidence, but it's not as cocky. Right, right. You know, it's like he kind of draws back a little bit. There's some maturing. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic character growth. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's, you know, there's other uh, good secondary performances. The... um. The second in command at Guantanamo. Um, I'm going blank on his name. Colonel Matthew. Yes. Yeah. J J T Walsh. Yep. You got Christopher Guest in there. Do you, Do you know who that is? J T Walsh. No, Christopher Guest. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him. Like, I didn't either. Because he he does mostly comedic stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize he was the doctor. That's funny. Um. I didn't realize Noah Wiley and Cuba Gooding Jr. were in it. Yeah, I I, I, I recognized mean, both of them oh, when yeah. they're there, but yeah, um, they're yeah they're nice surprise because they're really only in one or two things. I I really like Noah Wiley's character a lot. Yeah, you know. Do you know where the kitchen is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. I just kind of followed followed the herd the crowd. And, yeah, to to the chow hall. Yeah, yeah, I, he. They they were very welcome little cameos, though. Yeah, the just playing the character actor role, but yeah, they fill out the cast in a nice way. Yeah, uh, like I said, no, Noah. It's so fun to watch Noah and Kevin because they're both very neutral in this situation. Yeah, and so it's it's like one of the only times where you're not really listening to that going. Oh, he should be more careful, or oh, I hope he'll step in that trap. You know, you're just kind of like, oh, this is information this is interesting. 
What are they going after? Oh, okay. You know, it's it's just it's the only real kind of, you know, like I said, it's the, really the only neutral conversation in that courtroom. Yeah. Everybody else is, it's very highly charged. Um, and can, then, can, can we talk about Kiefer Sutherland for a little bit? Sure. Oh my gosh, his character, like. I have not seen him in something like that. Oh, see, I I have. And I've seen him in one thing where he is way worse. Oh, really? Yeah, he like he's a, he's an actual skinhead, like white supremacist, deep south crazy oh. person in in a role I've seen him in. Um, so yeah, I've seen him go actually crazier and darker than this. But yeah, it it wasn't like necessarily dark per se but just kind of like he 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 comes across as he's like better than everybody better than these jag lawyers you know oh i like you navy boys <laughs> every time you, we need a ride every time we need a ride every time we need to go somewhere to, every time we got to go fight somewhere you boys give us a ride <laughs> yeah no yeah, you're just, right there's condensation just, there yeah. he's very con- condescending yeah and yeah Oh, it just it, again. It's almost he's condescending, almost to a like a humorous level. Mm-hmm. Like, what does he say? Uh, can I call you? <laughs> I forget his first name. Can, can, Joe or something. Something like that. Can I call you Joe? No, you may not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you may not. You may call me Colonel. Right? <laughs> or not Colonel? Uh, yeah, because Colonel is. The other guy, Colonel Jessup. Yeah, but no. yeah, you know, it's just like he does little things like that, and you're just like, oh, there was a, a part where uh, cafe in the courtroom. He's like, you, he asks him a question, and so then he like he starts talking about something. And he's just like, let's talk about that for a minute. And he's <laughs> like, that's fine with me. Like yeah. he has a choice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. Like, wait a minute, was that funny? <laughs> was that, like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's very, it it just kind of struck me back a little bit. Like, yeah. like wait a minute. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. It's a fun character. It's a fun character, even though he is, like, a pseudo bad guy in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's it's weird because on one hand, he's very much what the Colonel Jessup says. I mean, he is like this unrelenting kiss up. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny that for being as standoffish as he is, when it comes to like the, when it comes to the military hierarchy, he's extremely subservient. He is probably the best uh, example of the fanatic. Yeah. When it comes to military things, he's fanatical. When it comes to the God things, he's fanatical. He's a fundamentalist in both, right? So if it's if it's in the guidebook, if it's in the culture of whatever part I'm, you know, because basically you get the idea through very little dialogue. I mean, there's only a few things, but you know, his his best line in my opinion is well, he has two. The the funniest or the most memorable in some ways is I like I like you, Navy boys, and you give us a ride. And then I only own two books. The, the is it the Marines Handbook? Yeah, I think the Marines Handbook and the the King James Bible. It's not the Bible; it's the King James Bible, right? Right. And that line tells you so much about 
Ooh, he he views the world through a very fundamentalist lens. And so everything has a right or wrong, black or white. Yeah. And it's like, you're in or you're out. Right. That's exactly it. Is he is. He's very black and white. Like that's an excellent way to describe him. Just yeah, in or out, black and white, like yeah, it's yes or no. There's no maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so so when you see the world that way, I think it's very easy for him to see things reductively. And so to his mind, it's like, well, Santiago was a bad soldier. Santiago had to be fixed. Like, all of the concerns are secondary. Yeah. So he doesn't really give any concern or weight to anything else. It was, well... He just simply had to be corrected. And if he was corrected, he would become a better soldier. And if he was a better soldier, then the unit's better and we've served our purpose and yay. Then then, then you have the code, right? Then you're living by the code. He's a weird counterpoint to everybody because he's even a counterpoint to, to Jessup, you know? Because yeah. Jessup is the opposite. Jessup is everything is gradations. Yeah. Every, you know, he is, he is also condescending and also superior complex but he has much more of a savior complex than a fanatic he is the person who's so far above it and can see it all that he can make all the messy choices and he can see all the gray and you know all of you small people shouldn't be bothered with it i I can handle all these things and i'm right and so that's not Kiefer's character by any means right and so it it's an interesting counterpoint even within kind of like you said the bad guys to see that. And then of course we gotta talk about the Jack Nicholson. I mean oh, there's Jessup. I mean <laughs> it's a it's a performance, man. It's it just it's it's not chewing scenery. It's not big in that way. Looking back at it, I mean, this is an hour, almost two-hour movie, hour 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah. He's only really in it for, like, three, four scenes. Yeah, yeah. He shot, like, 10 days. Yeah. 11 and, days, and, something like that. And he's just, like, the character, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you have Tom Cruise, and then you have Jack Nixon, like, and then it's, like, Demi Moore and Kevin Pollack. And Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. It's like exactly. somehow he's second billing even though he is in so little of this movie. Right. No, you're absolutely right. He is not he is not present for most of it. And yet you feel him the entire movie. Oh, most definitely. They did an excellent job of that too. Like they talk about Jessup almost throughout the entire movie. Yeah, he casts a big shadow. Yeah. I mean, what is it that that works so well? I mean, because you really shouldn't be that fascinated. I mean, he he's very clearly repulsive. I mean, he's he cuts down his second in command. He's beyond misogynistic to Galloway. I mean, I was watching that with Ashley, and I was like, I I feel weird. <laughs> oh, like, like I don't want to sit in. I don't want to watch this that scene. <laughs> The woman in the room. I'm like, right. That's so gross. Like this guy. I know. And that, yeah, that scene. 
Oh man, like it, you're right. You're 100. I I watched it by myself and I felt gross. <laughs> I was just like, oh. Oh, I know. I like, but I just, I mean, just ugh, yeah. I, I just like, how do you like of all the things he said? That was the one thing that made me want to say something to him. I was like, the power plays and the swearing and the 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 jerking stuff around, like all of that, you can kind of see it for what it is. It's yeah. manipulative. And that one's like, you can see it for what it is. And that's the problem. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to just, like, I wanted to be cafe and just be like, in that moment, that's a JAG lawyer. I, I don't, I don't care what you think. That's a human being. Right. And as a leader, you should, you should be able to, uh, and I know in the military, that's a really, Obviously, pulling that kind of rank is like not a thing. But again, that's also some of it is like, I don't care your rank. At some point, you're so grossly out of line. I don't want to get too far into that tangent because you can draw that into a lot of a lot of other things and not just very where there's hierarchies or there are right. systems and people don't tell the... It, you know, and actually, I would say that's even beyond misogyny. Because I don't necessarily even think that that is a straight up, um, that's not necessarily even, what you see in those kinds of people is it's not necessarily they're saying that stuff because they think women are so far below them. I know that's that's how it's presented in that, and I'm not saying it's wrong. But some of it is because they view themselves as so untouchable that it's just whatever they're actually into or whatever they think is fine. And so... That's how you get sexual misconduct. That's how you get people manipulated into all sorts of bad positions and situations. And it's not necessarily just a man being misogynistic to a woman. It's yeah. it's a lot of other situations, too. I mean, there is that. I mean, 100%, that is what it is. But... I almost feel like it wasn't necessarily him just being misogynistic. Mm -hmm. Wow, can't say, can't say that word. Uh, I think it was more of he didn't want them sniffing around, so he had to throw them off somehow. Yeah. You know? So he made a comment about it and tried to get her off her game, and because she was asking questions, he wanted to be done. You know, and she just kept pushing the envelope, and so he was just like, "All right, I'm gonna throw her off." You know, that's that's how it came across as to me. Interesting. And she like, she just totally blew right past it. Yeah, she like she no, definitely did, but you know, which kind of tells a story right there. Like she has, and this isn't the first time she's gotten some, co some sort of comment like oh, that. Oh, I'm sure not. <laughs> I'm sure not. I it almost like shows the life of the military though. Like, well, and it specifically, I think it showed in that micro culture that when you're on such a isolated base, I mean, you're, you're not even really on America proper. I mean, he's, he's in Cuba essentially. He's just on the other side of it that he's so used to operating without really any oversight. He is the final word. He is the final say. So he can say the outrageous things and do whatever he kind of he wants. And so I think there's a bit of that at play where he just feels untouchable. 
Well, I mean, that's his character. Yeah, it's, I mean... He feels untouchable, like... Right, we can change flight logs, we can make people disappear, we can cover up all this and let people take the blame, and nobody's really going to ask too many questions, it's not a big deal, as long as I get a couple things in order, and it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I hadn't really, I hadn't really seen it as a direct tactic to to throw her off the scent, to push her back, to... Um, I saw it a little bit as an as that against Caffey because he he sort of veers off with it. I I feel like that was the whole please thing. Oh, for sure that <laughs> that was a power play to to for sure, and of course that backfires because it again we go back to really summing up the movie and Caffey in particular is this is a movie about a lawyer search for the truth. And so when he gets that kind of a thing done, Jessup thinks he scored some points and sort of cow- made him kowtow. But Cafe's already a couple of steps ahead, you realize later, because he could have asked for those transfer orders from anybody. So why, as they're leaving, does he decide to do that? It's to see what Jessup does with it. Because if there was nothing there, Jessup wouldn't cover it up anyway, right? There wouldn't be... He's seen that Jessup's going to do some sort of power play or some sort of manipulation if there's anything in there that he doesn't like. And so when he sees it as a bowing up to him, challenging his authority, challenging his his agenda, his version of the facts, all this stuff, he immediately goes on the attack. And so Caffey knows, oh, I've hit something there. It's worth checking into. And so that reads, I think, in, in Tom's performance as well, that you see that there's something where instead of him being just annoyed, there's this resolve that comes into his eyes after that whole ask me nicely speech. And you can you get the sense of he really shouldn't have done that. That's actually backfiring on him. That's not gonna end up well and very much the case. That down the line that is that's kind of the first thread that he pulls at that really unravels. Well if you guys are enjoying this podcast Feel, I know I am. Huh, feel free to like, subscribe, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email us. Secondhand movies podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you. You can give us a shout out. You can share it with that special movie lover in your life. Exactly. Who? I mean, who doesn't enjoy movies these days? And these are the good ones. These are the classics, soon to be classics, if not already. <laughs> yes, these are at least movies we find ourselves remembering, so they can't be that bad. They We've at least remembered them. They're either awful, so bad that we've remembered them, or they're really good. <laughs> this is not the, the streaming movie of the week. And you're like, no. I think I watched that. No. Yeah, they all blend together. But they are the movies that you watch over and over and over and over again. As a kid, you can also give us a review on Spotify or on Apple 
and just review us, give us five stars, and tell us what you really think of us. As people. As people. Yes. Yes, indeed. Are we good people? Are we not? <laughs> wow. <laughs> These are the real questions. Yeah, because we love to be judged by the internet. <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, it's that's so much fair. fun. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the equivalent, I feel like, of whistling going through a graveyard with a firing squad behind you. But they're all wearing, like, old moon boots and itchy trigger fingers. It's just, you might get shot. You might not. Who knows? Well, while we're on the subject, our next movie. (laughs) (laughs) While we're on the subject of potential death (laughs) and doom. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. You just, you set it up so beautifully. I had to. I had to. <laughs> we might cut that out. We might not. I don't know. But. <laughs> I I think that's becoming our staple. We have to say at least one time in every episode. We'll probably cut that. Nah. <laughs> oh, man. So our next movie will be. Life is beautiful. And it indeed is a beautiful movie. Uh, It's a movie I grew up on. Uh, Well, I say grew up on. I was more of a preteen to a teenager whenever I started watching it, whenever my parents let me watch it. And it uh, it was a very good movie. It stuck with us. Uh, Our whole family would watch it together. Uh, So it was a family movie. Um, it is uh, a very, it's rated PG-13 for subject matter. There's not really any cussing or anything like that. It is a foreign film, and it is translated from Italian to English. So yeah, if sounds- there's any language, it might have been translated out. If you speak Italian, maybe you could tell me. I don't know. You don't. You don't speak Italian. I don't speak I Italian. I know that. Yeah, right. What other languages do you not speak, sir? Well, there's about two hundred and forty uh, that are known. Uh, there's about two hundred thirty-nine that I don't <laughs> speak. Wow, so. impressive statistic. I I think so too. Way to stay ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I can only say that because I'm just as bad. <laughs> I can say hello in about four languages, and that's about the extent of my right? bilingual. Right? I can count in German. Yeah. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, seven, seven, something like that. I, I'll, Och, t- nine. I'll, I'll tell you this in Spanish. Seven. No. Number 11. Seven. <laughs> so this movie, <laughs> it uh, it is fantastic. Um, I hear good things. Yes, yes. I hear good It's things. very good. Well, you've seen the first half, right? I believe it's the first half. I mean, I've seen basically the fun part is what I was told as a child. I mean, they basically said, you can yeah. watch all this because it's basically a romantic, funny story. And then they get sent away and it's sad and kind of heavy and, you know, not as fun. Right. And that's where the heavy subject matter comes in play. Yeah. 
and I was probably around around 10 ish when this was coming around 10 or 11 probably okay because I want to I mean I remember I want to say this came out like 99 then it would have you know come out on video and stuff so it would have been around that time it was 97 good oh, guess. okay good well guess. maybe 99 was what I'm thinking like when it probably came out on video or something I don't know well, that so see, I might have been a little younger, maybe see, like nine. See, that's what I'm thinking because I think it won in '98. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it would it, have been '98 into '99. Yeah, because okay. this was at the time this was the most translated film. Uh, they like they had like all these different uh, translators because it's translated into 27 different languages. Right. Well, that's I mean, especially for the time, that's. That was rare. Yeah, very rare. It's so. more common now, but I don't even know. I mean, 27 seems like a lot. I would think, you know, big international releases, I'm sure, get at least a dozen or so, just major markets. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I couldn't even tell you which 27 languages. I, I mean, c- I Well, could... I could tell you at least two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Italian and English. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I'm sure it did French, German, yeah. Japanese, Portuguese. Russian. Okay. Uh, Russian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure. I'm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it did most of the major European languages, oh, yeah. like Finnish oh, oh, and Swedish, and definitely maybe a lot, lot of Europeans, uh, Slavic. I mean, it's it's about the it's got to do with the Holocaust. So I didn't say Spanish. Somehow we missed that. Missed that. You said Portuguese, which I is, did say Portuguese, which is very close to Spanish. I feel like somebody that speaks Portuguese is going to write us nasty letters. It's possible. About how that is very incorrect, sir. I have Hispanic uh, relatives, so they would definitely slap me across the face. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember this movie coming out because that year, for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, I think we, we would usually check out the Academy Awards a little bit. And I remember growing up feeling like it was a big deal to know, like, the best picture. Like, that felt like a thing to me. Yeah. I don't know if it did for you. Uh, I mean, not until I was older, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I'm trying to remember if I really remember it before this year. I, I just remember the moment of him winning. I also remember that I spent half the night being mad that Saving Private Ryan was winning everything because... I didn't really understand that movie yet, like why it was so appreciated. Okay, so if and so I was mad that this really adult movie was winning everything. If if Saving Private Ryan was in there, then it didn't get into the Academy Awards until ninety nine, because that's whenever okay. Saving Private Ryan was in there. Because I keep thinking ninety nine, as sure as I can without double checking by googling that they were the same year, because it was one of those strange years where it's like, I think Life is Beautiful might have won the Academy Awards for Best Picture if it hadn't been the same year as Saving Private Ryan. I want to say 1998 was Shakespeare in Love. Why do I know these things? All right, I had to look it up. Uh, it was 99 whenever <laughs> it hit Academy Awards. Roberto Bert- Bertolini or something? Bengini. Oh, okay. I-, I always have to think about it. Roberto Bengini, he's the... He's not only the director, but he's also the leading actor. And he's actually one of three, 
I believe, that have won Best Picture as the director. Oh, as the director, okay. Yeah. Or won, like, a, a leading role uh, type award. I don't know which ones there are. I know there's, like, two or three of them. Well, there's but. there's usually Best Director, Best Leading Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best uh, best Screenplay, Best Adapted Screenplay. So if he was going to win multiple things, it would have been... He was probably not... He was nominated for Best Actor, Best Foreign Film. I think he was nominated for Best Picture in general, non-foreign category. Yeah, yeah he was. Did not win that, but he was nominated. They were nominated for best picture overall. They won best foreign film. Yeah, maybe maybe that was it. Maybe it was just that he was nominated and then won leading role or something along those lines. He's but he's one of three. Yeah, so that just kind of goes to tell you that like, hey, he kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's. I mean, I remember the moment that he won. I mean, it's a very famous. In my yeah. mind, a very famous yes. moment in the Academy Awards. Yeah, because he like jumps up and he starts like tripping over chairs because he's so excited and I he mean, like ran on the top of him. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too like. Yeah, he did. He like ran over the top and because he was just so happy, so excited, and just it also is just kind of his personality. Oh, I believe. I, I I could see that. Yeah, he's yeah he he's hilarious. So this movie. I just, I just want to dive a little bit into this movie, but he, it's, it is, like, the first half is all comedy. It's very more dramatic. It's about how he finds his wife and how he discovers his family. Okay. And then the second half is where it gets a little bit more serious. Um, He gets taken and uh, he gets taken into a concentration camp. So I just want to let the listeners know, like, hey, this does get pretty serious because it is actually, it it doesn't go into gr- grotesque detail, okay, on yeah. life inside the concentration camp, right. but well, and it's only PG thirteen, right? So Again, I imagine, yeah, it is. It's it's very, and it's mainly just for content. Yeah, just the themes of yeah. it, essentially. Or, or yeah, I apologize. Yeah, just for the themes. Yeah, like it's not. Like, you know what's going on, but it's not necessarily showing you a ton of stuff. No. Is that maybe, no. like, a fair way to put it? No. And uh, as I say, I think there's only, like, like, uh, there's one scene where it shows a bunch of women going through a pile of clothes. Ah, okay. So, like, there's stuff like that, and you just kind of... So, it's more like, subtext. Yeah. Like, you know what's going on. Yeah, there's a, sh- a scene... Um, where there's a bunch of, it's showing, it's showing, I don't want to give spoilers, <laughs> but it's showing one of the characters and he's in a shower room. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like it is, it, it doesn't show anything. It just shows him there. Like right. so that way then you kind of, it, it closes that gap. So that way then you know what happens to him type thing. And like no, that makes the, sense. That's the only reason the scene is there basically. But yeah. So there's just kind of things like that. Uh, so it is very heavy content wise, or th- th- I'm sorry, I keep saying content. <laughs> Thematic, thematic wise. wise okay. Uh, but it's not heavy content wise. That's my brain's being backwards here. But uh, but yeah, it's it it's still a very good movie. It's it actually is me and my parents uh, or my family really. My parents started it, but 
they quote it all the time. Oh really? They, yeah. Oh yeah. They still do it. <laughs> there's there's different things. Um, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't think about that being a like a yeah fun. Yeah, quote. you you wouldn't think so, but like again, that first half it is so hilarious. It's so <laughs> funny, and like the humor in it is it's beautiful dude like it's he messes up here he messes up there but it like kind of shows how he takes advantage of it and hmm. it's i'm trying to remember it cuz again i don't think i've seen it since you were close a kid. to when it came out yeah, yeah i mean i i probably yeah. haven't seen it in 20 years so there's little glimpses of things i remember um just like not even really specific scenes. I remember glimpses here and there. I have a feeling like when I watch it, there's a few things I'll go, oh yeah, I, I remember something about this. I mean, I remember there being, the only thing I can really remember is I do remember a bit about like him like laying in bed next to a person. He's like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And he's <laughs> yes. like, are you asleep? Yeah. He's like, I was. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, I See, remember that. That's, I thought that was hilarious. That's one of the things that me and my family always do. Cause like we're always just like sitting at like traffic lights and stuff. Like, <laughs> turn green, turn green, turn green. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. No, so. I, it. I do remember it being, like, fine. I I think I even watched the beginning of it and kind of was like, why can't I watch the rest? <laughs> like, yeah. It just didn't seem. It seemed a little hard for my kid brain to fathom. Yeah. Why I, I couldn't well, watch the rest of the movie when the first half of the movie is so light yeah well and even then the second half like the way that they portray it it actually the reason why it's not heavy content wise i Mm -hmm. I use that correctly this time the reason it's not heavy content wise is because this is more of the view of the sun okay so it's like kind of more of like what the sun is seeing the father do Okay, so more of a innocent perspective. Yeah, definitely. Gotcha. So, but, you know, I, I don't want to, like, because he gets a lot of bad rap in this movie, like a bunch of, like, uh, critics give it give him a bad rap because they're like, oh, you, you didn't give the Holocaust justice. Oh, okay. You didn't portray it correctly. And so, like, the director, they're criticizing the actual yeah. director saying these things. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And so it's like, well, in a way he didn't, but this is an excellent way because this is how I was introduced to the Holocaust, mm. too. So we kind of... You know, my parents kind of sat down with us and kind of talked about it a little bit. So we kind of knew about it. Um, we didn't, obviously, we didn't go into like great details, you know, but it was more like, you know, oh yeah, you know, Hitler killed six million Jews and he rounded them all up into concentration camps. And so we, you know, we kind of had a just, um, not a just, but just like a, a simple overview of kind of what happened. And so mm-hmm. then, you know, our parents showed us this. Gotcha. You know, and then after that, we kind of went further into it, and then we went further into it, and so there's just there's a lot you know that go into that goes into it, and 
uh, you know, I will, uh, a couple of our mutual friends have done heavy, heavy um, research into it. Hmm. So, yeah, the so it sounds to me like he intentionally was keeping it. I guess that tone a little lighter. Was it just to keep it more accessible, or or is it just? I think so. I think it was because, yeah. like I said, you know, that's how I was introduced to, to more of a, uh, like the Holocaust type thing. Yeah. So, well, regardless I mean, of what he intended, I mean, it sounds like it ended up being that. Yeah. 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 I Interesting. Because I mean, it's not there. The whole aspect of the concentration camp is more of there to give you a sense of like what this movie is doing or like where he's going with this. It's not there to like, he's not there to uh, give you a history lesson on it. You know, Oh, this is what happened. You know, this is just, it's very loosely based on history. Got You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, like saving private Ryan. We've already mentioned that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not actually what happened at the beach of Normandy. Like, that quote-unquote, um, like, all the death, obviously, but that specific regiment, oh. you know, they didn't do exactly that. Sure. I so, mean, I sort of assumed there was some, I, I knew there were some military liberties later on, at least, yeah. in that movie. Oh, yes. So yeah. so you know it, it, that's basically what it is. That's what it's. That's what I'm trying to say. Is it's gotcha. just like it's more movie magic than anything, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about that idea of movies being on that spectrum of real versus sort of, mm, you know, not real. Uh, we've talked about movies being more realistic, or maybe the word that makes sense is theatrical, yeah. you know, it, like you said, yes. that heightened reality, that kind of magic movie magic realm. So it just sounds like to me that he's, he's just skewing more towards movie magic than he is this really documentary style, or like you said, a super realistic dry history lesson or, or even a serious history lesson. I mean, I think what I'm hearing again, I haven't seen the entire movie, so it couldn't weigh, on either of them, but, you know, maybe a kind of something very similar, but on the opposite side of it from a narrative film style would be yeah. uh, Schindler's List. Okay. See, I haven't seen Schindler's List. Okay. And mainly because I know how heavy of a movie that is. Right. And Schindler's is one that is more graphic. I mean, I don't want to say it's gratuitous, but it is much more graphic about what's going on as far as the death, as far as the humiliation, as far as the control, and is a much more difficult journey, partially because it doesn't shy away from all that, and there is very little movie magic going on, and it's probably the least kind of Spielbergian Spielberg movie. He very intentionally shot it very far from his typical movies. They they shot in black and white. They shot much more like a small independent film would, you know. Yeah. There's not a lot of big gear and stuff. There's a few big moments, but 
So just from what I know of that film, the some of the clips I've seen, but then also just it's one of those films that gets talked a lot as a film person and film history stuff. It yeah. comes up a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's definitely not as heavy as that. Yeah. So. so. So it just sounds like it's skewing a little lighter. I don't know what the correct comparison would be. Yeah. I I don't know necessarily what the correct comparison would be either um, without like spoiling it too much, but yeah. I don't know. It's one of those films. I mean, I'm glad to hear it's not super serious. One cuz I hate watching movies where I kind of have to force myself to uh, I should watch this movie. It kind of <sighs> I shouldn't say I hate it. It's just there are movies that are kind of the equivalent of eating your vegetables. <laughs> yes. Yes, there are. And so that's partially why there's some movies on my list. I'm like, I should watch that. And it's like the moment you put it into the should watch category, it's like, I guess it just goes to the bottom of the stack most oh, yeah. of the time. Oh, yes. And then two, I'm glad it's not super serious because maybe not serious is the right word, but that it's not heavy. Because one of the reasons I've shied away from it is is because I already kind of know the whole general story yeah. of the Holocaust and World War Two. I mean, I, from a historical standpoint, I've yeah. you know gone through history classes and done some extra research and read some stuff, and so I feel pretty comfortable with that. So I don't really feel like a huge need to emotionally drive myself through that further. Yeah. So it'd be nice to go through it without feeling like, a, oh, this is super <laughs> crazy heavy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely nothing like that. And second, you know, I'm in a different phase of life, so I've never really quite felt comfortable to go back to it. And, and now I have kids. You know, now I'm married and I've got kids, and I probably have a kid around the same age as the kid. I don't know for sure how old the kid is in the movie. You definitely do. <laughs> and... The- the kid um, is approximately five to six years old. Yeah, a little boy, right? Yes, sir. I yeah, I've got a six-year-old boy. So, <laughs> and yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to get him through something like that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's not a. It's not a fun thought, and no, it's not. So yeah, I really don't know exactly how to re how I'm gonna react to that. I, I, uh, I mean, I want to have an emotional reaction because obviously I want it to impact me. Yes, like I always go into a good movie wanting it to hit me some way, whether it's joy or sad or thoughtfulness or gratefulness. I want it to hit me some way, but at the same point in time, it, you know, you want something to grab onto most of the time. I, I don't want to walk away going. I'm a little depressed about life overall. I mean, like, and I know it's weird. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I won't watch sad movies. Like, Hamlet is a great tragedy, but I don't walk away from from Hamlet going, oh, life is meaningless and awful. Yeah. So there's there's just a, there's a way to approach the sadness of life and the tragedies of life that I think can make you appreciate life versus you walking away going life is meaningless and sad and awful and I just want to, you know, yeah, give up. <laughs> no, no. So I'm glad you brought that up because, like, that's the whole premise of this movie is the fact that, like, you're going to walk away from it saying, like, man, like, 
life is great. Mm. You know, uh, like, cause that, that's the whole reason, like why we watched it is because it's like, like we were kind of, I think at the time, um, let me see. Yeah. Around 99, uh, my grandma was, uh, dying of, of, uh, cancer. Mm. And so, you know, it was kind of tough on our family. Um, and so we watched this movie and we come out with a different perspective and we're, mm. we don't say, Oh, woe is me. No, we come out of this movie and we are just like, man, like life is beautiful, man. Like it's, mm. it's life is great. No, that's cool. Yeah. That, that we, makes a lot of sense. Why it yeah. impacted your family then. Yeah. Like we, we got a, like we have this terrible thing happening to our family right now, but we're going to take advantage of this and we're going to turn this into beauty. Mm. So I think that that's a big reason why it impacted our, my, my family as much as it did. Um, also uh, it impacted me as I was learning about history. And I think that my mom is a big history buff too. She loves history. But I, I think I kind of got that from her. But okay. I think this is kind of what sparked me into being curious about history. And nice. So, yeah. But so, are you interested in the movie? I'm more interested now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, I think it's just one of those movies I needed a little bit of a nudge to see. Yeah, and rewatch and watch its whole thing because. It's kind of easy to talk yourself out. It's like, well, I mean, I've seen enough of it. I know why it's famous and why it was considered a good movie, and I know the story roughly. Yeah. Or at least I feel like I do. Um, so it's just one that, for me, always felt easy to kind of put on the back burner and not revisit and have a complete experience with. So uh, hearing you talk about it, you know, it, it sounds a little more, a lot more, honestly, a lot more approachable for me. And... Like I said, just I'm kind of curious now more than anything to see what it's like to see the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also curious about the first half as an adult. Like, yeah, how funny I, does it feel? I you know? honestly am too because I haven't seen it in a while either. It's, okay. it's probably been a good seven eight years for me, if not longer. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll well, be it'll be definitely be different watching it as an adult. Yeah. Well, if you're interested in watching it with me and Joel, but especially me for the first time, if you've never seen it, uh, it's basically available pretty broadly, I would imagine. I mean, so, 27 languages. Right. So I, this is a, a fascinating thing. It is technically available on Netflix, but it's only available on the European servers. Oh, okay. So, it's, so I found that out. Interesting. That, yeah. So... Unfortunately, we had a hard time finding it. Um, I ended See, I, up finding it uh, at the library. Yeah, um, that's why I was like, I wasn't even worried about it because I checked our library. We had it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I went ahead and already got it. I'm just so excited about it. But So if you go back to these places that have physical media, they'll have a DVD or maybe even a VHS of this movie. What's VHS? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I know what it is. I know you know what it is. <laughs> I had one in my car. What you talking about? <laughs> um, 
minivan. So mini TV. If you do want to follow along, it might be a little more difficult to okay. find, but it's at least streaming wise. Yeah, streaming wise, definitely. Um, but you can probably track it down as physical media. Yeah, yeah, Easily. definitely okay. can. Uh, I think <laughs> I actually looked at Best Buy to try and buy it, and it was like a three or four day shipping. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. Okay, well, you heard it here. Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy, Amazon. You can buy it, definitely. Okay. Uh, but if you're just wanting to rent it, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Okay. So. Well, sorry. I spoke too soon, apparently. Yeah. I just assumed it was available. I I mean, again, if, if you have a Netflix account that's uh, on the European server... You sh- you should be able to watch it. There you go. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna help much of our listeners, but yeah, yeah. You know, if you're not in America, you might have better luck. That's what you're saying. Yes. Uh. Anyways, so yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, or maybe if you haven't seen it in a while, you know, this is your sign, your nod, your push to go check it out along with me and. We will discuss it on our next episode of Secondhand Movies. And as always, thanks for joining us. I'm Morgan. And I'm Joel. And we'll catch you soon. Anyway.